Hello, and welcome to the Cruel Summer Podcast. I'm James. And I'm Marcus Sparks. What up? What up? What up? We're back in the home stretch now. Season one, episode eight of Cruel Summer. Proof. 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 How would Mallory say it? Proof. Nice. <laughs> this episode written by Addison McQuig, directed by Daniel Willis. This is a Jeanette episode. Mm-hmm. So we get um, what I assume to be the answers to certain kind of lingering, mysterious uh, threads that were dropped earlier in the season. We can talk about mm. that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, the beginning of the end game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this episode was the original air date like two weeks ago. August 30th, 93, 94, 95. Yeah, it came out uh, June 1st. It takes uh, place uh, one day after the previous episode. So we're picking up right where we left off when we last saw our friends. Kate was unfortunately being welcomed into Martin Harris's home and mm-hmm. gone there willingly, thinking that he would be a refuge. Also, 93, 94, 95, perhaps the best run of Seinfeld episodes. Yeah, I mean, those kind it's of four, five, and six seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the yeah, pilot, well, Jerry. One of our questions that we got was like, what, like what nineties needle drops we want to see in the finale. And I have a lot of thoughts about that. I was just looking through all my music there, but we'll get to that. Uh, I'm just going to run through my entire list of music. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> we'll be I, here for a while. <laughs> no, it's, I have like maybe 10 songs, <laughs> just, just 30, you know, yeah. I have 10 songs. One of them. I, I put in jokingly, it's used in the episode in a way that was, <laughs> Still shocking to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so going into this one, just remember, 95, Cindy told Angela she didn't just leave Greg. Uh, so 94, we start in the Turner house. Greg is confronting Jeanette about the key. You know, she's told him that she's only used the key once. And he's saying, you know, he's trying to wrap his head around this since he told Cindy otherwise. Well, she's still lying. She's like, I just used yeah. it the one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Greg tells his daughter that he's, you know, working on Cindy to come home. Uh, she said she used the key once for a stupid list item last summer. She never went back. Um, and he clarifies, you know, this could have gotten me fired. So he doesn't own the place. Like his no. job. Yeah. No. It's it's not his mm-hmm. yellow blazer. <laughs> also, just outfit-wise here, Jeanette appears to be wearing like a cut-off denim skirt. I remember nice. those from back in the day. Oh, yeah. 90s fashion, man. I mean... Uh, Sometimes you just lie too close to the sun. A, a decade can be too perfect, I guess. Seriously. I mean, we haven't had like a full acid wash. Exposure. No, I'll take it back. Like uh, uh, Jamie's jeans in 95 in this episode. The big jeans. Love it. With, with the, uh, the, like the, the, the jinkos of like, yes. the, uh, like the fucking tears all down the front. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could have got those straight off a cover of Tiger Beat. Like those I, are Joey Lawrence specials. I remember when the whole distressed oh. jeans thing first happened and like the think pieces about it, you know, even though it's probably like 12 or something at the time, like people are just like, oh my God, they're selling jeans that have holes in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or then it was like the kids who were like trying to then like, like rip their own jeans. Yeah. Cause he, yeah, you didn't want to pay for like $200 jeans. You know, you had to do it the DIY style. Oh, what a fucking time. The only thing we need to get is this. Where do you, do you remember the, um, the safety pin to like tighten the ends of your pants? I don't know what you call this. Um, um, I think they called it pegging, which uh, has a different <laughs> meaning now. <laughs> I think that's what it was called when you kind of like, you'd like make the, uh, like the cuffs 
at the bottom of your uh, your pant legs very tight, like on your jeans. Back yeah. then, we were all mm-hmm. just pegging each other. <laughs> I'm uh, pretty sure that's what it's called. Uh, you know, tweet at me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what it was called. Also, we need like see like, a genuine rat tail in this show. Uh, is it rat tail time? I feel like that was like 92, maybe. Oh, you think like, so? Early, yeah, that was, I feel like there's this like clear dividing line between like Guns and Roses, hair metal, rat tails, and suddenly like grunge, you know? Okay, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, he points out that the cops find out about this from Mallory or Vince or anyone. It looks very bad for her, which is why he wants her to tell the cops herself after school that day. Uh, 93, we're in the Turner kitchen. Jeanette's wondering if anyone... I was say, speaking of fashion in 93, Jeanette's shirt here. For a second, I was like, why is there a massive blood stain on her shirt? Oh, no, wait. That's just <laughs> that's just the fashion of the time. There's this yeah. big, ugly red splotch on her yellow shirt. I... It really differentiates, though, like how much of a difference a year can make in a teenage girl's life. Yeah, because she's she's adorable in '93 in a, in a much younger way than like I don't know, like like cool girl princess that she is in '94 mm-hmm. um, or dethroned princess of the school, I think. But yeah, it's a uh, turn kitchen in the morning. Just wondering if anyone knows if she got her braces off, and Sydney's telling her that everyone will notice. Even though she says it's the first day of school, there's going to be a lot going on, which which true. I mean, I feel like other podcasts have talked about this. Do you remember there's like the summer transformation and like you would, you would end of summer, you would mm-hmm. go and buy clothes of your family. And I feel like I would so you plan had to be out, a new person. Yeah, it'd be a new person, new affectations, new personality. But I would feel like I had planned out solidly like the first week back to school in outfits I never did like full outfit planning. I just had a general idea. Like I know between junior and senior year, I was like, I'm going to be Randy from Scream now because that guy's awesome. And I like tried to go get his like cool guy shirts. And, Is that like, where the bowling shirts came from? They weren't really bowling shirts. They were just polyester shirts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they still rule. I still have many of them. I'm just waiting. I'm biding my time. Do you think the sock is going to come back in? Someday. Someday I'll wear those shirts again. Okay. Wow. Nice. Um, you know, Greg comes in and tells his daughter that she was always, always already beautiful, you know, braces and all. Uh, and then 95 in the Turner kitchen, Jeanette slides those pages with the chat scratched over to her lawyer. That's your Denise. favorite move. Just a slide across the table. Well, I mean, like I like the, I'm writing a number <laughs> sliding it over, but this works too. Uh, and Jeanette's like, I think I found a bullet. Like you asked, this one might be silver. She gets Greg's a real trailer too. line here where she says, Kate won't contribute to a narrative that paints her as anything less than a saint. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, explain to Denise is the, the private chapter between Kate and Ashley and how Kate ended up in Martin Harris's house. Um, yeah. So at no point is her lawyer like, how did you get this? Yeah, really. Uh, Denise her dad. Not know. Yeah. yeah. Greg's like, how did you get that? But but just to reframe it, this is the story of one age, one teenage girl vindicating her good name in the community. And in doing so, <laughs> she has to upend the reputation of another teenage girl who is also the victim of a predator. Or like Greg, Title card. Greg's just like, and how did you get that? Oh, Derek had just slept with Ashley and then stole her chat transcripts. Hmm. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I mean, good for my son, I guess. I have to allow it. Yeah. Uh, so title card, and then we're we're in '94, and I'm not actually sure if this is the the Aerostar or the Windstar, but this is the Turner family van in the school parking lot. That maroon color, God, I remember those. Yeah, my family didn't have that. We had the we had the white one, but I remember I felt like there was the white and there was the maroon. That was the two. I colors. just remember I don't I think we had a Nissan, but it was like it had these like kind of captain's chairs in the back. 
that like yeah. could rotate around and we just thought they were the coolest fucking thing ever uh the the stars here had like bucket seats but they had the thing where on the seat behind the driver's seat there was like another radio control right wow which I was check. like a real was a real fucking power play move of like mm-hmm. like whatever kid or whatever uh school group you know ride your parent was chaperoning for some upstart little shit in the back was like i'm just going to change the radio station and the parent driving was like fuck you what parent is like yeah i want that (laughs) yes please let my kids control the radio from the back seat that that sounds like a good idea i mean putting the fucking screens in the back so you you can like Mm -hmm. shut your fucking kids up with like movies that's one thing but control the radio fuck you yeah game of thrones anyway in uh 94 here this is 94 right yeah it's first day of school uh it uh i can't think of her name jeanette has uh driven to school with vince here uh vince has his camera out this is his hobby i keep wondering is is the camera thing is this just like his like a little affect you know a little personality trait or is is it going to come up in some way like is this camera going to pay off it's like i feel like you can only do one has vince taken a a crucial photograph or has mallory taken a crucial videotape Mm mm-hmm I feel like we've done the one. Can you really do both? I don't know. Um, yeah, Jet's kind of overwhelmed with the Kate rumors and her mom leaving. And she's wondering if she can skip today. And Vince is like, hey, the rumor mill is going to keep spinning on. And like, sure, today she'll have some eyes on her. But tomorrow they'll be talking about how Shannon Etheridge gave John Rolo a handy. And Jet's like, a girl can dream, right? We can all dream like Sharon Etheridge. No, way to go, John Rolo, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so she asks how it'll feel to be like a non-couple couple today at school with Ben and Vince says, you know, it'll be mad weird. Um, and he's like, and you're stalling. <laughs> yeah. Vince is like, I still can't believe that Cindy didn't take the minivan. And like Jeanette's like, Cindy didn't take a lot of things. Well, just to point out, he says your mom didn't take the minivan and she says Cindy didn't take a lot of things. So, yeah. uh, it is no longer mom to Jeanette. She's now Cindy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the bell rings. We're inside the schools, school halls of Skyland High. Like, lots of football signs. Uh, there's Jamie and Ben, the big men on campus. I don't totally get seeing them together in the context of school. I don't totally get this friendship because it kind of seems like Jamie's just Ben's hanger on well, I mean, a big does, way. Is Jamie not on the team? I guess it would make a little more sense if he was. But, no, I I, I, I buy this. I, I definitely remember the, the cool kid group, and, like, some of them were football players and some of them were just cool kids. Uh, Ben's got on the jersey. Jamie's doing the doing a chain with his blank black tank top, just like letting the guns out for air. Mm-hmm. Also, for a cheesy song, this is a quite frankly super corny cover of "Groove Is in the Heart" playing over all of this. <laughs> yeah. I love that there, there's just one dude in the background with like a Letterman's jacket on who like does a fist bump with Ben, and it's like yeah. that guy is the fucking hanger on man. <laughs> yeah, that guy's definitely not on the team. Yeah, down the hall, Tanil is I fucking Ben and talking about how Ben Hollowell might just be scoring on and off the football field this year. It's like, what up, Tanil? Just ruin me. <laughs> like, I felt so bad for Tanil in this episode, even though she can oh, be yeah. very mean. Like, I don't know. It, it almost felt like a character out of like a Buffy episode or something, you know? Like, she's trying and it's not working for her. Well, like, I feel like the show is very good about always telling you what circumstances leads to Tanil lashing out? Yeah. Oh, and it's like Tanil is still, she's a teenage girl too, and she's got a crush and mm-hmm. it's not going to go the way she wants to go. And, and she's going to be sad about it. You know, she's not like a cartoon. I mean, Renee's more of the mystery. I mean, her, yeah, we just her, haven't got a lot of Renee at all. It's like her defining aspect is like, she's Tanil's friend. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but Ben notices Vince too, of course. Um, and Jamie's just like, you are just loving the attention from these girls, aren't you? <laughs> and meanwhile, he's just looking at Vince and yeah. they're just kind of doing that thing where it's like, oh, hey, I see you, but I can't look too long at you. You know? Yeah. And then everyone sees Jeanette in the hallway and Renee, who loves a callback, is like, look who just rolled in from Loser Island. Or is it Juvie? Which is, yeah. I don't know. Teenage girls, sometimes their insults bite and sometimes they suck. Yeah, I mean, I would have workshopped that a little bit in your head first, mm-hmm. Renee. Uh, but again, fucking Texas, man. There's at least four <laughs> by cowboy hats on the heads of background artists playing students. It's probably, I mean, I think we even had that at our high school. There were a couple dudes who that was just like their persona. Was they had like the big belt buckle and everything. So I remember shockingly this dude I knew who showed up one day, I found out from somebody like, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so's in your class. I was like, oh, okay. So first parent, I'm gonna see this guy on the first day of school. And he shows up out of fucking nowhere as cowboy guy. Like that was his mm-hmm. summer transformation. Look, I was and trying was to like, look. Well, it was like, what the fuck is this? I mean, I poor guy laughed him <laughs> almost out of the classroom. By week three, he had fully transformed into skater skater guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, okay, you just went back to the safe harbor, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, 93, outside the school, Cindy in the minivan is dropping off Jeanette. And Cindy's like, new year, new you, smile. Um, yeah, her, her friends, well, well, Vince shows up with Mallory. Uh, Mallory is just immediately like, just like the first thing she says is like, why are you still carrying around Kate's scrunchie? Just like clocks it immediately because she's got it like on her wrist there. And it's like, Jesus Christ, Mallory, lay, lay off. Could you just climb all the way out of my fucking ass? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like I'm just trying to give it back, geez. But like prior to that, Vince is positive and he's like, welcome to like life without braces. Like, mm-hmm. what a good dude. Um, yeah, well, and like Jeanette has to like put the scrunchie away, and then Mallory's just like, you were wearing it this time, and then he had it this time, and then he had this time, as if you're ever gonna run into Kate Wallace. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, Mallory, obsessed much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's she Jeanette tells her she's making her. I mean, just fucking hell. Talk to her in a non-shitty way, Mallory, mm-hmm. if you can, but she can't. Um, Vince tries to stop this, you know, here since they don't want to relive the contraband incident. So they stop and form a line, like face the school, and Mallory's just like, Well, kids, today summer dies, and in this place in its place, this bullshit. I have to say this bullshit, is a good this is a good line for Mallory. I yeah, I, I don't enjoy many of her lines, but this is a pretty nice line. And in its place, this bullshit. And 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 she nails the delivery. Like honestly, Harley Quinn Smith would be great in a Kevin Smith film. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm like, sure that like, she. It's impossible that she didn't pick up some of her dad's kind of vocal, and, yeah. you know, patterns and whatnot. You know, like speech patterns. But the, um, but the way he writes, like dialogue, like she would fucking nail. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, speaking of bullshit, there's Martin Harris in his suit, and he's like, "Welcome, it's going to be a great year." Yeah, he's fucking he's too asshole. tall. He's suspiciously tall. He's tall, gangly, and creepy. Looks like he's uh, running for like state senator or something. You know. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, in Texas, aren't you required to do like the like the shoelace tie if you're a politician? Yeah, I know. I mean, the bolo uh, tie. Sure. <laughs> Jack gives him a look, almost as if she's like seeing her hero. I don't know what this look is. Like, like her, like something she has a secret with that he doesn't even know about. Oh, I, I, I think it's because she's breaking into his house constantly. I think there's just right, right, a right. little, there's, there's a little something, there. something, you know, when she sees this guy. Yeah, yeah, not not quite admiration, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's like, it's like a weird symbiotic relationship. Oh, and it's uh, like a she's got a secret type of thing that he doesn't yeah. know about. Yeah, well, I think it gives her confidence in a weird way to see him. He has secrets too. After mm-hmm. the commercial, it's ninety five. We're at a diner. 
And there's Cindy having breakfast with Jeanette. And we see that Jeanette's uh, opening a felt box with a necklace inside of it. It's a gift from Cindy. Cindy says she picked it up in Paris. It's like, uh, and Jeanette's like, oh, so you were shopping in Paris while I was rotting here in Skyland? Oof. Yeah. Also, I, I really noticed in 95 how desaturated like the bleach bypass look is because uh, Sin, or, uh, Jeanette has this like red shirt on that kind of pops from the rest of the uh, the colors on screen. Just because everything it's, else is so desaturated. It's like an Instagram noir. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cindy says she was there for work, but suggested maybe the two of them could plan a trip sometime. And Jeanette's just like, yeah, I'm going to register my GED. Um, so just like say whatever you need to say. And uh, Cindy had heard from Derek that Jeanette had dropped out and was wondering, you know, how that happened. And of course, Jeanette's just in full rebellious teenager mode. And she's like, it's funny how you miss things when you abandon your family, Cindy. And Cindy's like, it's mom. And she's like, it's whatever I want to be if you want me to keep sitting here. Yeah, Jeanette is not happy. She basically has to be here for like some sort of separation, forced visitation, something or other. Cindy tries to have a talk with Jeanette. And I think this is good uh, advice, although... Maybe, you know, maybe she needs to hear it from somebody else. But Cindy's basically like, just like optics wise, it doesn't look good that you're suing a kidnapping victim. Like, are you sure you want to be doing that? Are you sure you're going to feel good about that? And uh, Jeanette, like she, she can't hear this message from her mom, unfortunately. You're still on the Wallace's side, she says. Yeah. Um, and Cindy points out, I think kind of realistic. She doesn't want her daughter to have regrets, but kind of realistically, this lawsuit's a no-win situation. Which is which, 100% you know, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jesus, Jeanette, you're just going to be like a, a footnote in like some podcast in the future. But even if you completely win the lawsuit and get, you know, several million dollars, you're still the girl who sued a kidnapping victim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, earlier, Cindy had asked Jeanette if she actually hated her and Jeanette, you know, begrudgingly had to say no. Yeah. She can't say that she hates her mom. There's still something um, there. But yeah, so Cindy's like, you know, like trying to give some more tough truth to her daughter. And she's like, you know, your dad would never point this out. This is where Jeanette cuts her off. You know, you're, you're not allowed to say a bad word about him because like he may not be perfect, but at least he stayed. So Jeanette like takes her gift and bounces. Um, then must, have we're been, at, must have been awkward to be having lunch at that coffee shop or wherever they're at there. Yeah. Um, then we're at Angela's bar. Uh, she comes out of the back, talks to Jamie, who's trying to get a job there at 18 well the way it, it's a very quick scene but she just comes out handsome his idea and says sorry you know i can't hire somebody with a record you know because you're dealing with cash and alcohol and so you're like okay so okay one he was trying to get a job here and mm-hmm. two he has a record in 95 hmm. yeah yeah but he understands he doesn't yeah. give her a hard time he leaves uh 94 we're at school also let me just say beaver spirit is that the um their mascot? I guess it, I guess yeah. so because it's all over. In fact, when you get to Skyland, the AV room, Skyland High Beavers. When you get to the AV room later, they they highlight the A and the V in Beaver. Mm. Um, this fucking outdoor eating area is some sad ass Texas shit, man. Like, is this just like an alternate cafeteria? What the hell is this? There's not even covers. What if it rains? Come on. I mean, I assume they they know what their weather is like, and they can you know have outdoor eating at certain times of year. We had outdoor eating. This isn't that weird. We had we had covered. The, the weird thing about our school is that it was just like a it's just a big cement parking lot in the middle. There wasn't a lot of grass. I mean, we had covered outdoor eating that was adjacent to like the cafeteria. So my question is like, is is there a cafeteria? And it's just like where the cool kids go to. You know, oh, the alternative. There must be. I mean, yeah. I hope so. Uh, but. Jamie, Ben, Renee, and Tennille are getting lunch at some of these out, at one of these outdoor tables. And Renee and Tennille think Kate is lucky because she gets to be on the Marsha Bailey show. And Jamie's T- like, Tennille is doing this look that's like, 
uh, was it like pebbles from the Flintstones? It's like this yeah. like ponytail coming up by the top of her head. Yeah. Um, uh, Jamie's like, I don't think luck is the right word. And Renee's like, oh, lover boy, sad that she won't talk about you. And so segue, oof, to Neil's like, speaking of lovers, hey, Ben, do you want to catch a movie on Friday? And he's like, oh, with the crew? Shoot your like, shot. No. Shoot your shot to Neil. She's just like, no. Oh, and it's just, uh, it's, this is so relatable and just like, yeah, like the, the look on her face when she's trying to play it off and she's crushed and, well, and like, like Jamie's kind of laughing about it, but, and like, she's, you know, it got it. It's, it's painful to watch. Well, I mean like, and you just know that his, his, <laughs> his excuse is real, but not real to this He's situation. Focus like, on training. Yeah. Yeah. Scouts. And off screen, we hear Renee say your loss, Hallowell. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, as, as Tennille is kind of feeling really crushed and trying to, you know, act like it's not a big deal, she sees Jeanette walking by looking at them and she's like, what are you looking at, creep? And it's you can see why she's lashing out the way she is. You know, she's mm-hmm. she's got to put her, her emotions somewhere and they mm-hmm. fall right on Jeanette there. So Jeanette runs off and we see that maybe from looking on his face, Jamie might feel bad. Um, 95, Jeanette's like walking away from the diner and like a paparazzi guy who looks like a generic video game villain or something <laughs> starts like snapping photos of her. Um, like he looks like a villain from like a CD-ROM game, honestly. Uh, Jamie happens to see her because Jamie just happens to be there with his fucking torn jeans from like Fida Cap or Fida, um, whatever that is in the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like he like uh, runs over and is like, you know, she's like freaking out by her van. And he asks if she's okay. And she's like, I can't be a sitting duck for these reporters. Um, he's like, please consider coming to my garage later to talk. <laughs> his garage is like, that's his office. Yeah. <laughs> Having office hours in my garage with beers. So she says she leaves about saying yes or no. Uh, 93, Jeanette's coming out of this like outdoor eating area at school, greeted by Vince and Mallory. They have to survive their first three periods. And Mallory wants to celebrate with a VHS tape, which is the prank tape. Um, and like, you know, like, oh, wow, you finished it? And she's like, of course I finished it. It's the last list line. And I'm a closer. I'm a closer. Um, There's so many lines that have been stuck in my head from The Simpsons that I usually forget as they become part of my regular vernacular. One that's either from Jimbo or Kearney, I believe, is the uh, filming this crime spree is the best idea we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, uh, so they have this prank video that... Uh, uh, Mallory like really wants him to play um, you know, like after lunch or something like that and it's like she's she's really into this Jeanette is really kind of looking over her shoulder because she sees Jamie at the cool kids table there and also I just don't think she's like like the bloom is off the rose yeah on this for her um, but like the the Vince and Mallory are like this is gonna be huge for them Mallory thinks they're gonna be geniuses for it Vince is like if this works we're gonna be legends I don't know I feel like they they have such a status as like we're the outcasts. I don't know how it would come off. Like I feel like if Jamie did this, everyone would be like, fuck yeah, man, and like giving him high yeah. fives. I don't know what kind of reaction Mallory's going to get for doing this. No, this is you're not you're not taking a bow mm-hmm. from the school here, Mallory. But like also the video's kind of pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I, Jeanette, I have a lot of questions about the logistics of this video. Jeanette is like, well, it's, you know, it's kind of a summer thing and uh, summer's over. And yeah. uh, what does Mallory say? Not until every item is complete. It's like, Jesus yeah. Christ, Mallory. Let it go. <sighs> so they're going to be at the AV club or AV room at lunchtime. You know, and I'm like, is it not lunch now? 
other people are eating lunch. I mean, is there like two periods of lunch? Like, what do you, what, what are you doing in your be, outdoor we had, cafeteria? We had two different lunch periods. Yeah, but then what, what are they doing here? Because if you weren't in the one period, you were in mm-hmm. class. So it's like, what are they doing here? But yeah, so Mallory wants Jeanette and Vince's lookouts for this thing. Um, but I kind of want. Sorry, go ahead. I was. Saying, I kind of want Jeanette to grow up to kind of be a lawyer after all this is done, just because of her, her <laughs> like legalese of all this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Jeanette's just like, well, I'll uh, meet you in there. I just got to go talk to a teacher real quick. But really, she just wants to kind of lurk and watch Jamie. Yeah, we we change perspectives. So we're hovering almost Terrence Malick like with the cool kids seeing Jeanette in the background. Look, that's a joke, guys. I know Terrence Malick shoots some wide angle deep focus. But like Renee's asking Jamie how the hangover is because this is right after the whole mall fiasco. And Jamie's like, I think it'll be a long time, maybe years before I have a drink again. Yeah, LOL. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like, hope she's not mad at me. Yeah. So we see Jeanette's like sitting and spying on the cool kids. And Jamie asks if any of them have seen Kate today. And they say no, he hasn't either. So Renee suggests she's homesick. And Tino's like, you know, Kate, she's probably doing at home doing next week's homework, which is kind of a weird burn. Um, yeah. He gets up and he happens to walk past Jeanette and he just says, hey, Jillbird. And smiles at her, and that definitely, you know, boosted her confidence a thousand percent. I think Jeanette's just kind of beaming after that. Well, but part of that though, it's when they say, "Oh, trouble in paradise" to Jamie. Mm-hmm. It's like Jeanette looks over, having heard that she could not be more intrigued. And well, it's also, like, Renee and Tennille are both like they seem like they'd be perfectly fine with Jamie back on the market for one of them. It's kind of the vibe I get, you know. Or just, I think they'd be happy to live in Jamie's misery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's honestly a tie between 93 and 95, Jeanette, for which one I love more. Um, but yeah, she has the biggest grin on her face because he talked to her. I, I adore her. Um, I'm surprised like he's not telling uh, Renee and Tennille and Ben that he saw Martin Harris and the dude wears super short shorts. <laughs> I you saw know? like his his legs, like his like lower thighs, and they were hairy. Like, he's really bringing that five-inch inseam mm-hmm. <laughs> decades early. Uh, after the commercial, it's 94. Jeanette's walking out. Vince is chasing after her. Um, she's going home. He's like trying to talk her out of it. You this know, is like right this. after Tennille yelled at her pretty much. She, yeah. Like, yeah. Wants Don't get the satisfaction of getting into your skin. And she's like, look, everyone hates me. He's like, I don't clarif- clarification. I don't hate you. And she's like, you shouldn't be seen with me. Everyone's going to hate you too. He doesn't care. He says, uh, well, this is you know, rough she because out, she's kind of, he, Vince is kind of going to get the same thing from someone else later in this episode, you know? Like people just telling him, like, you know, go away. You're better off without me type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's pointing out, you know, related to that, like, if you and Ben under wraps, like, you do not want the spotlight on you. Mm-hmm. You know, she, he brings, she brings up what he said earlier. The rumor mill is going to keep spinning, but she doesn't want him to be in it. So he, she walks off and he says he'll call her later. And she's like, yeah, for your own good, you shouldn't. So he <laughs> turns around and there's fucking Jamie just leaning against the wall watching all this. And I just want to point out, as he's like doing his like cool guy, Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood pose here mm-hmm. that 93 Jamie is wearing his good guy white tee mm-hmm. in 94 it's a bad guy black tank <laughs> yeah and Vince sees him watching and just does look like you know what fuck this like walks right up to him even though he's got to be at least three inches shorter and yeah. uh, just gives him the fucking business man uh, Vince yeah. is so awesome in this moment he's like you're creeping on Jeanette yeah, yeah, and Jamie's just like, oh, I'm just checking on her. And he's like, no, no, you completely forfeited your privilege to check in on her when you, like, dropped her on a dime. And Jamie's like, oh, it's, it's more complicated than that, you know? Everyone at school's been torturing her. And he's like, yeah, dude, you kind of made it open seats when you gave her a fucking black eye. 
Just, oh, everyone is cheering like for Vince in this scene. It's great. Oh, yeah. And Vince is like, yeah, exactly. That feeling, it's called guilt and it's your problem, not Jeanette's. Leave her alone. And Vince walks off. Fuck yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And that, that does seem to uh, make an impression on Jamie, as we'll see later in the episode. But yeah, it's so nice to have somebody call him out on that. And Vince just seems like such a good dude. I would have loved to have been friends with Vince in 93, 94, 95. Like, just just play a lot of Mario Kart with him, hang out, not do shit that Valerie wants us to do. That'd have been a great time. And and chill at the video store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also scoop my man Vince up out of Texas. It's a lot going on there. That's uh, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're going to get Texas. a lot of hate for your anti-Texas thing. And I don't think you necessarily don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But it'll, mm-hmm. it'll be Texas hate. So mm-hmm. what's that worth? Uh, 94. James in his car in the parking lot. He's got a tape recorder that he's like playing something on. Um, sounds like an old movie in the background. Someone breathing over it. We'll find out later. It's Penny Serenade. Um, we hear a man and woman saying like, till death do us part. <laughs> he just and gets he, out the old flask from the glove compartment. Yeah. Tape ends. Takes another swig. Uh, Jamie's just going to chill in his car and just drink. I feel That's like Jamie probably wouldn't have a flask. He would just have like the little like bottle. that's like a fifth of vodka or something. You know, like a flask yeah. seems too fancy for Jamie. Well, flasks are cheap. They're relatively easy to get. I, don't, I think technically a teenager could buy a flask. He could, but what, he is could, the, what is the point of the flask? Like, why? Like, you're not fooling anyone with being like, maybe it's something else in this flask. You know, like, why wouldn't you just like have like a small bottle of vodka or after? But I think I think he's probably getting the alcohol most likely from like his mother without her realizing it. Could be. Could be. Um. So 93 in a school hallway, like Mallory's like boasting of her work to Vince and a, a pal- apparently Mallory was even able to get like the coup de gras, which was like footage of Mr. Harris when his sprinklers soaked him this morning. And he's like, wow, you really are a closer. And it's like, this is not this like sub jackass <laughs> material that you've shot does not sound en- enticing. So Jeanette comes up and of course Mallory's just like, you took forever. Immediately then- just like just shitting on her. Yeah. It's like, God. Well, like- and the whole the whole thing is fraught because Jet's like I had to pee. Is that allowed? Mm-hmm. And I was like, whatever. Let's just do this. I'm just gonna say right now, I relate to Jeanette in this this era and this time period so fucking hard. God bless her. Well, like, it's, people it's like Mallory, clear that like Mallory and Jeanette kind of can't stand each other by now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like Mallory's hearing some things that she needs to hear because mm-hmm. um, her 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 thing is just shitty. Um, so I think the prank is basically that Mallory's going to go in the AV room. She's going to play the tape that will then play in every classroom over the afternoon announcement. It's pretty fancy for 94, 93, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still lunch now. They need to wait until classes start. So they're all obviously going to be a little late to their classes. And Jeanette's like, her excuse is like, wow, this really is time consuming. <laughs> wow, this really <laughs> like, is time consuming. Do you have somewhere consuming. else to be? <laughs> yeah. Do you have some other place to be? And it's like, well, technically in class, but okay. Also, Mallory's Mal- hair right now. Like if she just like dyed the tips of her ponytails, like red and blue, she'd be Harley Quinn. Yeah. Uh, Mallory assigns them halls to be the lookout on and Jeanette's just like who died and made you boss and she's like uh, a lot of people actually it's like just get, get away from her Jeanette mm-hmm. um, so Vince runs into Ben immediately on his lookout post and it's like it's like they can just hear the pings of each other's gaydar I assume that this is something like when the Highlanders can sense another Highlander is mm-hmm. nearby because they're immediately vibing on each extremely other extremely solid pickup line from Vince he says your mom died right it works every time <laughs> Even if the other dude's mom is still alive, it works every time. 
Yeah. So Vince's mom died too. He'd like to talk about it. Ben sometime if Ben wants, he's super nervous about it. And Ben is just like, what about now? It's like right now. And Ben's like, yeah. And you see Vince doing the math. Do I go talk to this dude who my, my, my gator is just pinging off of who wants to talk to me or participate in this dumb prank that Mallory has. Yeah. Sorry, Mal. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go I'm with out. this guy. <laughs> I'm out. I'm not, I mean, I'm not out. Yeah. But I'm out. Yeah. So um, they go and they sit like the bleach is like an empty sports stadium for like basketball or whatever. Um, and uh, I, this exchange, I don't know why it's unintentionally hilarious to me, but like Ben's like, it's not something you can talk about just anybody. And Vince is like, it's a sensitive subject. <laughs> <laughs> it is very kind of sweet and innocent the way they're, they're drifting closer to, you know, discussing their, their feelings yeah. by, by using their mom as like a, you know, a way to uh, talk around it. But I like the way it's framed here. It's like they're alone and isolated on the, the bleachers here. In, As we're moving in, in yeah. tighter and tighter on them. And like, so it's like they're, they're not as alone. They have each other in the, like, the void of the frame. Yeah, we find out Vince's mom died in a car accident. She was gone hours before he found out. So he sometimes thinks back to those hours that he didn't know yet. His world wasn't upside down yet. Um, you know, ben, Ben's asking what Vince's last words to his mom were because the whole thing is that, you know, I mean, Ben's is hardcore. It's like the mom had cancer. You know, they, they were told that she could die at any moment. And so for like a year, they lived with that. And he was like working up the courage to be brave enough to tell her something. And as he says that, like his pinky is just like rubbing against Vince's like yeah, small finger. Yeah, hand is just slowly kind of moving closer to Vince's there. Yeah, time came. He chickened out. So struggling on the words, you know, Vince is just like, what was what was the thing you were going to tell her? And it's like his like little fingers just like wrapping around Vince's. Mm-hmm. It's like, we know, mm-hmm. we know. Yeah, I mean. It's a, it's a, it's a good scene. Very nice scene. I, it's the sweetest love story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, Unfortunately, it's, it's uh, going to get abruptly uh, terminated later in this episode. But, but I mean, of like of like the three and a half to four relationships, five relationships that we see on the show, <laughs> I can think of one that isn't very sweet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the, like a lot of them are are pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, the next one at the best most best case scenario involves like a, a breakup by punch and face. Mm-hmm. Um. Not anyway, it's a ninety-five all. office hours. Jamie's yeah. uh, just drinking some beer there. Does Basically, a full-blown alcoholic. I mean, if he gets his shit together, I guess he'd get along with Greg Turner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like you just see these two guys being like, yeah, "It's five o'clock somewhere." <laughs> uh, Jet struts up and asks what he wants, and he's like thrilled to see her. Ask her if she wants to sit, well, and she's like. No, bitch, I don't want to sit with you. You called me a bitch and punched me in the face. It's like, do you want to sit on this bench press? Yeah. That's really made me think of our friend who uh, <laughs> at some point when in his early 20s when he was like moving out and living on his own, he like didn't have a couch. He just had a bench press and they like called it the couch. With his like three roommates. Yeah, yeah with his like yeah. three shitty male roommates. Well, it's like they would watch movies all <laughs> sitting on the bench press. <laughs> um, you know, and so Jamie's just like, I will regret what I did for the rest of my life. He's like, I got caught up in this macho protective thing. It was dumb. And I'm so, so sorry. And he says, that's all he's trying to say is that he's sorry. He thought he was defending Kate. And he's like, I didn't have a reason not to believe her. And Jeanette's like furious, like, like, what the fuck? Like, you know, how could you believe her over me? Like, you knew me. Who do you believe now? Um, we'll have to wait to find that out. Uh, you yeah. were mentioning Greg, though. I feel like, you know, Jamie, if you really don't work at that bar, you like, you patch things up with Jeanette. You ingratiate yourself to Greg. You're hanging around the house a lot. Maybe you kind of wear Angela down there. Although you might have to stop drinking constantly. Yeah. 
<laughs> you get rejected for a job, you just immediately go home and start drinking. I mean, I know cas- I, casinos love to hire, hire gambling addicts. I don't know if bars like to hire alcoholics. I don't think it works quite the same way. No, no. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, like Jamie just needs to move to a new town, whatever town uh, Roadhouse takes place in. <laughs> Shit, he can be cooler. I thought you'd be bigger. And just start fresh. The name's Dalton. Yeah, he can kind of call himself Dalton. He can't. Mm-hmm. He can't match up that. But who's yeah. Dalton's last name? Can't think of. Uh, it right we don't now. find out Dalton's yeah. last name. Okay. Or if it's his first name, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, Jamie just needs to start carrying his medical file with him. <laughs> <laughs> it says he went to NYU and studied philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> so ninety-four in the Turner Kitchen. Greg's on the phone with Cindy, clearly having told her about his talk of Jeanette, and he's like. Obviously, it's not good, but it's an explanation for the key. Um, so Jeanette comes in. She's hearing his side of the conversation. And he's like, I'm saying you were right. And I was wrong. What else do you want me to say for you to come home? Fair. Very fair. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, I think at this point, Cindy's kind of realized that like mentally she's she's kind of over the the marriage. Yeah. I mean, contrary to like Angela's point later I don't feel like Cindy was ever indicating that she wants to get back with Greg. No, no. She seemed very much happy with her new life when she was talking to Angela. She really just kind of like wanted some deets on her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it is, and it's genuinely happy that like her husband, so her husband like found someone who, who works for him. Mm -hmm. Um, So he hangs up, sees Jeanette. He's like, fine. You don't want to come home. Don't come home. Like slams the phone. Yeah. Yeah, why, are, why aren't Jeanette, you at school? She's like, I'm gonna drop it out. I hate school. Um, so he implies that he doesn't know who she is anymore. Oh, well, yeah, who police. are you? Which is just damn, yeah. But they're going to the police because their actions have consequences. I don't believe we see this scene, so presumably they go and tell this version of the events of the key to the went police. there one time. This is the key, yeah, yeah. Uh, 93, Mallory takes a seat in the empty AV room and watches the clock and like spins around in her chair. Empty, interesting shot of the way she, the it's it's like the show has like, it'll have the kind of off kilter shots with the person on one side of the frame sometimes. And then on, in other times, it's like the perfectly symmetrical. She's in the center of the frame and like spinning around like right up close to the camera like that. Yeah. Uh, on lookout duty, Jeanette hears someone coming. It's Joy Wallace. And I like Jeanette how we just get her. the shot of the, uh, like the five inch heels there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Joy goes right into Martin Harris's office and it's just like, do you know where my daughter is? And Martin Harris is like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Just the, the tragic irony of Joy going to Martin to ask about Kate. Uh, some of the Martin Harris stuff in this episode, it's a little bit of that Hitchcock thing, which, which we'll get into in a minute. But, mm-hmm. um, 95 Turner house, there's Greg Turner and Angela comes over and she's like, uh, he's like, I've been paging you. Oh God. <laughs> paging. And Angela says, uh, Cindy came to see her at the bar. Um, and asks why he hasn't been honest with him. Dun, dun, dun. 93 in Martin Harris's office. Uh, he's like, I'm assuming Kate's at lunch. Um, and she's like, I'm not sure she came to school today. He just seems nervous as shit. I have a question about Greg real quick. Yeah. Does he have a job? Like, no, not 95. How, how is he paying for this high priced lawyer? Like what? Does he just like did another mortgage on the house or something? Or like maybe, maybe is, is Angela like taking care of both of them? Oof, because presumably Angela has her own place, even though she's over there all the time. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when she's know. like, "You haven't been honest with me." I just want Greg to be like, "Do I look like the kind of guy who's been honest with everyone?" Well, the sad thing is, we find out, and the thing that's always been questionable about how cool Angela is is that Greg has been 
mm-hmm. honest with her. He's just like, I've got no job. My daughter's like town pariah. My wife left me. I am rock bottom, baby. <laughs> oh, my son's doing fine though. He's peaking, honestly. Um, the uh, in the background of the uh, the office that Martin Harris has, it's the Skyland Beavers, and it says, "When something seems difficult, get busy as a beaver. Give it your all." Yeah. yeah. Um, he's saying that he assumes uh, you know Kate's at lunch, and she's like, "I'm not sure she came, she came to school today." Um, he asked if she checked the front office, and she's like, "You've been around our family before enough to know how we do things quietly." privately i need someone on the inside the fold that's why i came to you and i expected him to have like crazy flop sweat during all this but he doesn't <laughs> he's so, he's cool as a fucking cucumber here yeah ish yeah mm-hmm. also joy looks good here but you can tell she's not as like put together not, not quite yeah normal. some strands of hair a little out of place yeah yeah so he calls the main office uh i'm so sorry i forgot the name somebody pointed out that he's got like a hunting trophy in his office which is interesting Right. Yeah. Um, I think I saw that tweet. Um, yeah. I wonder if that means anything. I did think it's funny that he just calls and asks like who was absent today. Like how big is the school? Smart. <laughs> but smart move though. Smart, like, I asking. guess, but it's like, I don't know. I, I guess you're lucky that only two people are absent. Here's what I'll say about episode nine right now. Mm-hmm. I think the show is fascinating the way that it provides a level of empathy to Martin Harris. It doesn't overshadow his actions, his crimes, but like, we don't have to like these actions, but we kind of understand his thought process fucked up as it is. You know what I mean? I think that's the show has been trying to as much as it can get you inside his head. You can, you can see him calculating and then the way that he does things, you know, and it, it makes it so much more effective drama than just having Mm -hmm. him being like a, (laughs) you know, drooling villain. Yeah. But yeah, I love the way he doesn't, he doesn't call and ask about Kate Wallace. He's just like, I'm just being the vice principal. Who are the absences? Yeah. Only two. Evan Lewis and Kate Wall. So he tells Joy that she's not there. Um, and there's like these like flashes in the editing of like Kate at his front door. And I really think, I, I think this is all these flashbacks to Kate at the front door, crying, letting her inside. This is all I think we're supposed to interpret as him thinking about Kate as yeah. he's just lying right to her mother's face like this. Yeah. Well, and it's so effective too, considering you have people talking about Kate in a variety of ways and she's otherwise not in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're kind of like wondering because you you know we watching this we don't know does he have her bound and gagged you know or mm-hmm. whatever like we don't know what horrible fate might be awaiting our, our precious Kate but she starts to say that Kate stormed out of the house last night and she and Rod waited up all night for her um, well, and, and she suggests like maybe it's time to involve the police and just like man what a what a crafty villain here he's just like no that would uh, be the antithesis of doing things quietly and privately like yeah. telling her not to go to the cops when he knows exactly where she is it's so fucking insidious yeah and then he even kind of suggests that like i wouldn't want them to confuse uh you know keith's been gone you know all night i wouldn't want them to you know confuse that with negligence like oh you could get in trouble we're, we're gonna see him use this move later in the next episode but yeah the the, the way he kind of subtly shifts to suggest that like my idea is good and you would look bad, you know, and bad things might mm-hmm. fall you if you, if you do go to the police as a, as a trusted counselor to the family, mm-hmm. let me tell you this, but the, the way it's shot and edited is perfect too, because there are moments when we have this like high angle looking down at him where I think we're supposed to see him as the askew mm-hmm. individual that he is. And there's times when we're looking at him straight on. And I think we're supposed to, it's, it's um, the example I always use is frenzy mm-hmm. when like, like, 
we know the necktie bandit is like strangling people and killing them. But when he forgets the, uh, the piece of evidence and we're following him for 20 minutes as he's trying to get it back and getting all these hijinks. And it's like, Holy shit. You, the viewer are like not necessarily on his side, but you're along the ride for him. Like you're like, Oh no, don't get caught. Don't get well, caught. It's, it's, bandit. It's, it's the protagonist of the scene, not necessarily morally yeah, yeah. speaking, but like that's whose actions you're following. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, we're sometimes we're looking at him straight on, like we're looking him in the eye, and other times we're literally looking down upon him. Um, well, and then yeah, so the, the way he's like, you know, you don't want to be, you know, let the cops think you're negligent or whatever. And she's like, oh, see, this is why I came to you first. And it's just like, oh god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like the irony and the pain of it. Well, and and the the the, the villainous of mm-hmm. him being like, Kate's a good girl; she'll come home. I'm mm-hmm. sure of it. And in this moment, he might actually believe that. Um, so also, Jeanette's been outside this whole time and heard all of this. She leans back against the wall and she's just like, holy shit, Kate. I mean, is she impressed by Kate here? I guess maybe a little. I mean, she kind of worships think, Kate, so. I think she's impressed by Kate, but I think she's also like, uh, oh, Jesus, what's the uh, what's the fucking urban legend about the uh, the Chinese Pop symbol for, for, for opportunity or whatever? Yeah, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Like the like crisis and danger or whatever mm. combined to make opportunity. Okay. Yeah. Um, but after the commercial, we pick up where we left off, and Joyce like thanks again, Martin, and she leaves, and like Janet ducks away, like she doesn't want to be seen, and she's thinking it over, and she starts like walking after Joy. Well, she she kind of sees the the sign for the AV room, and it's like, do I stay on lookout or fuck this shit? Yeah, no, fuck it. Sorry, Mal. <laughs> Your stupid yeah. prank video. I don't really care about it anyway. She follows uh, Joy out to a car. I just got to point out this small little great character detail. Joy has parked her red convertible yep, in yep. the red zone right in front of the school. <laughs> right, right, right on a crosswalk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just like right in the middle of everything. Uh, this is a this is again. Uh, you want to hate her? That's fine. This is a fucking amazing Joy moment where 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 Jeanette catches her and she's like, you know, hey, what's up? I'm Cindy Turner's girl. Um, and Jeanette's like, I'm one of Kate's friends. And Joy's like, now that part doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> I mean, Joy can be awful in so many ways, but I do think the show has done a really good job of like still showing that like from her perspective, she's, she doesn't think she's a, a bad person. You know, she has her own motives and, you know, it's, it's, it's not like she doesn't care about her daughter. You know, we can, we can disagree with the way she shows it though. Well, and I imagine, much like we talked about to Neil, there's probably something in her background with Cindy mm-hmm. that Joy's reacting to. Yeah, which gives her such strong reactions to Jeanette. Yeah. 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 Um uh, the 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 closest thing I, I'm 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 grafting on to my assumption of like if we ever get Joy's background, because earlier in this thing with Martin, she's talking about how she used to do this kind of shit mm-hmm. all the time. She's getting her own medicine. But I'm I'm thinking of um, is it Marissa's mother in the OC? Julie Cooper. Like, Julie Cooper was like a big did, like, thing where she was. Video. Well, she's like from the wrong side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. And so it's a big deal for her to be like legitimate now, quote yeah, unquote. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Jeanette's like, her response is like, we're new friends. And Jeanette's or Joy's like, sure. Um, it's just like, I want to tell you that if you needed anything, I'm here. And it's like, with your mom gone, do you think Joy's going to adopt you? Yeah, like, like, she says, what would I ever need for you? Why, why do you think Jeanette is saying this? Like, is she just shining Joy on or? No, I think she wants to ingratiate herself in some fashion in oh, Kate's world. But when Joy like turns around and walks away, we get the shot of Jeanette and Jeanette seems like she's smiling. I don't know. Like, like this like smug little grin on her face. Yeah. I mean, but also Joy, you're going to regret this because you're going to get stuck with high ass Mallory in your house. <laughs> yeah. 
you might have been better off with mm-hmm. Jeanette in this moment. I'm just saying. Um, 94 and Angela's bar. Well, Joy, you can you can feel like you won the the Cindy versus Joy thing because Cindy left town and like left yeah. her family. You know, so you can be be magnanimous in your victory. Well, Joy, I think don't think Joy even knows. I mean, who who yeah. would care? Um, 94 Angela's bar. She's working there. She's working and there's Greg. She's knows it's like the third time this week that he's coming to drink. And he's like, you must think I have a drinking problem. <laughs> She's like, he no, it's cool. Everybody in here has a drinking problem. Have you seen my bar? <laughs> have you seen the regulars? What do you yeah. think bars are for, Greg? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't really like bars. I just feel like I need the company, which is like, Greg, that's not as not sad as you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> so she smiles. And then Rod Wallace walks in and I smile. Uh, oh, he's like, shit. This scene. He's like, I need some quarters for the meter. I'm just picking up a cake, which what's the cake for? I don't know. So then like Rod and Greg see each other. And this is like Bruce Willis seeing Ving Rhames in Pulp Fiction. This like, is palpable tension. The stare down. I, w- I would have folded if I was Greg. I would have just been like, uh, can you please get this man some quarters? I got to go. And like ran out of there. I yeah, I'm kind of shocked that Greg didn't like shit out his balls. I don't think I mean, Rod. I, all he has to do is give him the stare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like Greg does look away first. Like he just kind of like, you know, like, you know, point made mm-hmm. and Rod takes his quarters and leaves. And, uh, Angela at one point is just like, Hey, everything cool. And then like, there's this weird ADR here after Rod's gone mm-hmm. where we hear Greg say he and his wife spread false rumors about my daughter, which that's an even sadder bar talk with the bartender. <laughs> yeah. I haven't explained that whole story. I mean, this is the thing about Angela. Like she seems delightful. I don't know what she sees in Greg. Especially if, like, after there are a couple of encounters, this is, like, the start of their I can only assume it's one of those things where you see the guy for the first time, you think he's hot, and, like, you have good vibes about it. And so when more information comes to light, you know, he can present it in such a way that he still seems like you a just, good guy. You just fold into your narrative. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, like, she's not a, like, cliche in, like, a, oh, I can fix him kind of way. Like, she's completely accepting of this sad sack of shit. Mm-hmm. Um 95 in the Turner living room, like Greg and Angela are having their talk. And she's like, you told me you had no reason at all to believe that Jeanette was involved. What happened to Kate? And he's like, I don't. And she brings up that he knew about the key in Jeanette's possession. And he's like, have I not been an open book with you? So he tells her, you know, when they met business falling apart, daughter's town pariah, newly separated. He told her all that up front. And she's like, well, what about the key? And he's like, she had the key when she played hide and seek the house two years ago, you know. Went to the police, uh, done deal. This is an interesting scene because you think this is going to be like the big fight, you know, like you've yeah. been you've been waiting for the aftermath of Angela and Cindy talking. And instead, it's just kind of a mature conversation between adults where he kind of yeah. makes sure that uh, she's comfortable and that he's told her everything. And, you know, he's like, you know, I, I like who I am with you. I want to be with you and all that. And it's like, oh, OK, I guess they're still fine. Well, and, and I can only assume the pitch of Angela to, to the actress was like, we're going to like set you up like on the precipice of all the cliches and then just not have your character do that. <laughs> well, I think um, Angela's, a great line from her. Angela's concern that like maybe Cindy, like, you know, he, she's like getting in the way of something and he's just like, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, but again, it's like neither Greg nor Cindy seem like they're holding a torch. This is not a, uh, we were on a break thing mm-hmm. but there's a great line from her when he's like talking about the hide and seek thing of Jeanette two years ago and she says when she was still kid enough to play hide and seek <laughs> um yeah so Greg shut down anyway uh 93 AV room Mallory's bored just spinning around her chair it's finally like 12 40 
So she puts the tape in the VCR and like watches it come up on the screen. And she chuckles, chuckles about the one teacher who got TP stuck to the side of her oh, shoe. Oh, Mrs. Rob, TP stuck to your shoe. He made this way too easy. And she's so smug about it. And then the other way, the camera kind of whip pans over to Martin Harris in the back of the room watching her with this scowl on his face. What are you doing here? Because this is, this is a straight up, oh shit, Martin Harris out of nowhere. And Martin like, Harris did has just this, teleport in through the wall. He has this thing that he does where he can be so affable and disarming, mm-hmm. but like certain things kind Dead of eye. like, like bring up his defenses and like his yeah. whole demeanor changes. He can be very kind of aggressive and pushy. Well, and, and he's also got a little bit of that. Like, I know how to talk to like bullshitting kids. Cause she's mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm in the AV club. And he's like, yeah. And the AV club meets in the morning. So again, what are you doing here? And so she folds. She's like, it's a prank. And like, just as the footage from outside his house comes up and mm-hmm. she's like, it's a video of favorite teachers doing silly things and playing like we're playing. It said the afternoon announcements. So we see him. And, um, he's leaving his front door and then like the sprinklers come on and he kind of like almost trips and kind of like, you know, gets out of the way of him. And this like really freaks him out. And he's just like, stop the tape. And he like moves past her to like take the tape out of the cassette player. Yeah, she used the word harmless, not mm-hmm. harmless for him. Um, she then storms through the school hallways. Well, she uh, got a detention. You earned yourself yeah. a detention. And she's like so fucking butthurt about this as though getting attention is just the worst thing in the world. Please. I'm just doing those. Like, I, and I just, I love the way it plays because like Martin is upset for completely different reasons that Mallory doesn't get. But like, I don't know, yeah. the, the way those two are both like in very different mind spaces, you know, like trying to, to get out of trouble. I don't know, it's great. So she, she, to classes she like finds Jeanette and Vince in the hallway and she's like what in the actual hell <laughs> what the fuck was that <laughs> this really Jeanette, for some reason reminds me speaking of the 90s um do you ever watch news radio of course there is a whole bit where they're gonna have a vote like, unfortunately the birth of Joe Rogan yeah, yeah that's, that's true he was good on that show and then not good sense but there's a whole yeah. bit where they're gonna have, like have a vote in the office for who should be boss and like uh Dave Foley's character talks to everyone in on the staff and they all say they're gonna vote for him and then they cast the vote and they read all the votes and all the votes are for his girlfriend. And he's just yeah. like, what happened? Uh, the start of so many actors, like more attorney, mm-hmm. Sally, the end the of Queen. Paul Hartman. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the weird sci-fi one? Yeah. They, they did like a weird one where it was just like news radio, but in space is great. Oh, so, so I have my two moves that I want to do where I, aha, and I slam the paper down and mm-hmm. when I write the figure and I slide it across. The third is the uh, Stephen Root thing where I just want to write my autobiography, then translate it to Japanese and then <laughs> translate it back into English. <laughs> what did you mean when you said dragon power, 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 donkey power? Yeah. I think it speaks for itself. Um, anyway, yeah, Mallory's Jeanette, like, what the fuck happened? Jeanette is such a giddy dork of her news and Mallory doesn't care. Jeanette starts to say Kate Wallace, Kate Wallace. And like Mallory's like, shut up about Kate Wallace. A, she's the worst. B, she's way out of your league. And Jeanette's like, she's not. And Mallory just turns I mean, and like, what's wrong out with of your league? league? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because maybe they're both in some ways in love mm-hmm. with her. You know, what's wrong with your league, our league with me and Vince? And Vince is just like, let's uh, what's what's not fight now? What's what happened, Mallory? I, I love all the background artists in the scene, just kind of watching and, and cringing. Yeah, Mallory says that Martin Harris caught her. She has attention now. Um, Vince says that she, like some teacher came around. He had to scram, and she's like, "Fine, what's your excuse?" Well, she says as she says this, she like steps forward into Jeanette's personal space, kind of like looming over her because she's taller. Using than her height, yeah. yeah, it's very intimidating. And Jeanette comes back with, what's your excuse for abandoning me and Vince after we got caught shoplifting? And of course, 
Mallory's like, well, I thought we were past this because obviously, like, this is my one legitimate flaw. I don't want you to keep well, bringing it up. And this is when Jeanette finally just, like, can't take it anymore. She's like, maybe I'm not past you. You're pushing me around all the time and calling all the shots. Jeanette's, or Mallory's like, what are you talking about? And I look, Jeanette says, my mom says it's natural for best friends to grow apart. And you kind of, like, the look on Mallory's face there is like, oh, fuck. You know, like, like yeah. she, she doesn't know how to handle that. Uh, and Jeanette is, man. There's things Jeanette says here that I wish mm-hmm. I could have said years ago. She's like, friends, they don't bully one another. It's everything you want or else. That's not a friendship. Maybe I want to make some of my own choices. Maybe I want to make some new friends. And Mallory's like, so you don't want to be friends with me and Vince anymore? And then, oh, shit, I didn't say anything about Vincent. She can't make eye contact when she says that. I didn't say anything about Vincent. Mallory processes, says, got it. Walks, walks off. off and seems genuinely heartbroken. She's crying as she walks away. And I don't know. I, I, I wonder what the show is trying to tell us sometimes. Like. A lot of the show, I think, hinges like on Mallory and and we'll have to wait till episode 10 to see if there's a shoe to drop or not. But like sometimes Mallory just seems like an awful human being. And then here she's just been a horrible person to Jeanette, but she seems genuinely crushed and and kind of hurt by this. And, you know, is is does the show want us to see her as a, a whole person with all her flaws and everything? Or is this all part of her, you know, villainous uh, origin story, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. So Mallory's my prediction is the title character of the last episode of the season. But, uh, you know, here's my thing about Mallory. Like all of our theorizing, I think gives her more credit than she's due. If she takes Jeanette's words to heart and makes some changes, this is a start of me feeling empathy for her I mean, this, um, but in this general might with these be relationships, the story of mallory her character arc is that she realized that she wasn't a very good friend of jeanette and becomes a good friend to kate like that that might be it you know there might not be any shoe to drop there maybe uh but just a reminder uh, in these kind of friendships manipulation is when they blame you for your reaction to their disrespect yeah uh so 94 Jamie is still drinking from his flask in his car and puts it away in the glove just as Ben is getting in the car. And it's like, man, I literally said to to my laptop, no, Ben, <laughs> no. <laughs> and this is where you're like, oh, so that's what happens to Ben. Okay. Yeah. So Ben asked Jamie for a ride to the field. I guess how, they're... How far away is the this, field, man? Well, this this accident is seemingly still on school campus. I guess it's a big campus or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're driving for a bit and mm-hmm. quite fast to get as far as they do. But Jamie hesitates for half a second before saying yes. Also, does it look like Jamie's also parked in a fire zone? Like that's a red <laughs> yeah, curve behind it. It's a red him. curve. It's <laughs> backed in too. Uh, so 95 in Jamie's garage. Jamie tells Jeanette that he tried to apologize to her last year, especially the way people were torturing her at school. I can't be certain, but I think Jeanette might have put on some makeup between the scene at the van when he was like first oh, talking to her yeah. and now. I think she's got like so like some, you know, eyeshadow on and whatnot. She's she's this is the most that Kiara Aurelius looked like uh, Rachel Lee Cook to me mm-hmm. in this scene. Uh, I mean, she is about to be like, this is your family on drugs. <laughs> this is your life on drugs um, and smash up a kitchen. But uh, like, he's telling her all of this stuff as we're seeing the flashbacks, this 94 car ride of Ben intercut throughout. Well, the accident, it's, the accident is it's it's like so predictable and sad. You know, it's like, oh, yep, that's what would happen. Well, Ben starts to notice Jamie's erratic driving and asks if he's been drinking. And Jamie's just like, I need a little liquid courage to talk to Jeanette. And it's like, Oh, poor Ben. Like, this is when you just need to, like, stomp his foot on that that uh, brake. Yeah, and, um, you know, he's driving too fast. Car pulls out in front of him. He T-bones it, and 
Yeah, that that was the accident. And I, I mean, I like Jamie in 95 here. I like that they're kind of giving him the opportunity to apologize and like strive for forgiveness. Like, I think it's a good thing to show that like redemption is possible for people. Like he certainly like did not endear himself to us by punching his girlfriend in the face, you know, no. but it's like. I don't know. It's I, I think or it's important to show or lying and gaslighting. Like he's done a lot of bad things on the show, but I like that the show is trying to communicate that like he he knows he's done wrong and he's like seeking redemption for it. I mean, to have him admit mm-hmm. just to these crimes alone a year later. Well, I, I, I mean, I think it's huge you know, on a TV he's show. Trying to you know fix things as as much as can be fixed with kate by telling her you know that he was you know lying that she did see him Mm -hmm. kissing jeanette and he's trying to fix things with jeanette too and i'm I'm sure he'd want to fix things with ben i don't who knows if ben's even speaking to him at this point i certainly hope not because as he says you know i ruined my best friend's future so after the commercial we see the aftermath the accident you know jamie's car like embedded in the side of the other car it's like smoking paramedics all around uh, there's students. We see Renee and Tanil are nearby watching. Jamie's in the uh, the handcuff in the back of a cop's car. Ben's on a stretcher of his like bloody shoulder, all wrapped up. We hear not to blame Ben, but he could have been wearing a seatbelt. I'm just saying. Mm. We hear ADR from a paramedic saying we have a severe compound fracture. Vince comes running up to Ben. Um, asks if Ben's okay. Ben says he doesn't know. He sounds super scared. Vince holds Ben's hand. Says he'll come with. Um, and Ben sees people watching, particularly Renee and Tanil, who are like they're the fascinating, like they're literally the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Mm-hmm, totally. They're the they're the Greek chorus mm-hmm. of this whole thing. I was just gonna say that the Greek chorus. Yeah. And he's he sees them watching. He's just like, no, I don't think you should. So Ben says he's sorry, and they put him in the back of the ambulance. I mean, this is fucking rough. Like Ben has to go face whatever this uncertain future is alone, and like. Like Vince, like not being able to go with his boyfriend, like that's so fucking hard. Well, I, I've seen people like in the in the run up to episode ten be like, "Here's all the questions we need answered." Like, what happened between Vin, Vince and Ben? And it's like, I think this is it. I don't think yeah. there's some other thing that caused the disruption in their relationship. I'm pretty sure it's this. Like, I, I don't know. We'll see. I guess, but like, I, I can definitely see how having to reject your secret boyfriend because of you know homophobia and you know like concerns about being outed like that would really mess you up and i could see him just like like he just can't talk to events after that you know it's like the whole thing it's, it's just like too many bad emotions for him well and there's this this huge component of who who ben is that he's only just now starting to realize but like his identity is based around football mm-hmm. that's all just been torn away from him well, and that, and- that's i'm sure that he's planning on you know getting a scholarship yeah, you know, and that's how you you know go to college and you know all this stuff and yeah, now and that's all gone. Yeah, I mean, so it, so it he, makes he, he's not in a wheelchair be, or anything, but we we see him like trying to like lift weights and like he can barely lift like a twenty pound weight or something. And that's his throwing arm. So there you go, no more quarterback. Yeah, and it makes sense to me though now when he's when he said to on the phone to Vince like you need to understand that like you calling me hurts me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, also hilariously we hear one of the students say feel better dude well when we see the shot of him in 95 trying to lift weights and maybe that's just a 10 pounder that he's struggling with like in the background you see like his letterman jacket his jersey there's like football trophies it's like this this was his whole identity and now it's gone yeah he's got that scar from marsh across his head on melrose place on this Mm -hmm. on his shoulder and upper arm what he told the lawyer he, he didn't say it was he he didn't say necessarily that he you know it was Jeanette's fault, but it's like she was like, you know, part of the Rube Goldberg machine that led to this mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
I mean, all the stuff of Jamie. Because mm-hmm. Jamie uh, was literally drinking that day because he wanted to go talk to Jeanette about all the, you know, the shit. Yeah. So 95, Jamie's garage. He's still talking to Jeanette. And they're both like having a beer. And, Sitting you know, in lawn Jamie, chairs in the garage. Yeah. Jamie's like, thank God the other driver is okay. You know, but Jeanette thinks this is more damage caused by her since Jamie was on his way to see her. And he's like, it's not on you at all. And I want to be like, yeah, well, no shit. But, you know, she's too busy hating herself. So, of course, this is just, you know, more fuel to that fire. He says that every day he wakes up, you know, forgets for a moment that any of this ever happened. And Jeanette understands that because she's like, and then you remember and it ruins the rest of your day. She looks over, she sees a tape recorder and she's like, what's up with that? And he's like, oh, that crucial plot thing that <laughs> we need to talk about now. So 93, we well, see Jeanette outside. W- his- when we combine that little conversation there and the way they can relate to each other back to 93, we're seeing that like Jamie wasn't attracted to Jeanette as like a Kate replacement. Like Jamie liked Jeanette for Jeanette. And then maybe, you know, they, they do in fact have a lot in common being like pariahs now, like maybe there's, you know, still something there for them. Well, if you go back to the mall at the very beginning, when she's like talking to Kate through the kiosk and Jeanette and Jamie shows up mm-hmm. and it was, it, it played as Jamie's coming up to his popular girlfriend and like looking right through this other yeah. person. Yeah. But it's like, it's like in reality, it's like Jamie saw her. Like, he remembered and, her. Yeah. He remembered her. And so they've had this connection, which is why I think I joke that they're potentially endgame. Uh, I mean, I feel I th- a little bit more right about that than, than than I did six episodes ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, so 93 here, it's the you know end of the school day. He comes out, he sees Jeanette and he is, is like, oh, you got your braces off. And like he noticed that, you know, and she's like, yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I had braces too. getting them off the best day of my life. And she's really blown away that he had braces. And it's like, these two were connecting. This is still nerdy Jeanette. She's not like made over popular girl Jeanette. And it's like, yeah. maybe these two, you know, like each other in a way that isn't just about like social status or anything. He's like, really nice smile, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, she's like, got to connect this connection. She's like, I, um, I overheard that Kate was missing. And he's like, yeah, she wasn't at school today. And Jeanette's like, well, she's not at home at either. And like, it's news to Jamie. And she's like, I, I heard Mrs. Wallace, you know, report Kate missing Mr. Harris. So Jeanette says that she's worried. Wanted to give him a heads up since they always suspect the boyfriends first in TV and movies. <laughs> and um, he's like, uh, I got to go. Uh, I like this. This is, We were wondering like how, because he, he, he says that thing in an earlier episode, like how is it that you knew f- before everyone else that Kate was missing? Well, here we go. This is how she knew. <laughs> well, and she's such a cute dork with her. Okay, bye. <laughs> see you later. Uh, 95, Jamie's Garage. He's holding the tape recorder. He explains that a few months after Kate went missing, on christmas eve he got a message on his answering machine he thought it might have something to do with kate so she's very intrigued by this date yeah she's like christmas eve play it and he's like no it's stupid she's like fucking play it then if it's so stupid just play it and he plays it and there's the breathing and the to death to his part and the man from the man the woman and some music and it clearly means something to Jeanette, who just runs out of there i just goes i gotta say just the aesthetic of the the old movie the christmas music the breathing like I don't know. It's all just my kind of mysterious. It's PLL, baby. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's, this is like so many shadows of PLL, uh, good and bad. Like, like this show feels like an show. apology for certain parts of PLL. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, we can talk about that in the next episode. I'm kind of stunned that there's no overlap in mm-hmm. like crew or, you know, behind mm-hmm. the scenes folks. Yeah. But, Goes to Mallory's house, knocks on her door. Mallory, by the way, appears to live in a shithole part of town. It's it's that thing where it's like you've got the yard that has the, the like half size chain link fence around it, 
Like that's yeah. how you just know it's a bad, like you're in a bad situation. The, the chain like link overturned chair mm-hmm. somewhere in the yard or something. She looks like the blonde crow, by the way. <laughs> um, and she's like, what? I feel like and- Mallory's, she's kind of found her look. I don't think her like weird pigtails were, were quite the look, but the, uh, the heavy eyeshadow, like bleach blonde, I think maybe this is a little more her style. And going way paler. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeanette says that she hates asking for a favorite. She needs that snow globe. And Mallory's just like, why would I still have that piece of junk? And Mallory acts like she doesn't have it anymore. And it's like, peace. And it shuts the door in Jeanette's face. Which also, just want to say, it opens a door that presumably at some point, post-Christmas of 93, uh, Jeanette may have like, tried to do like, a peace offering. Seemingly, there was at least an attempt at some point for Jeanette to reconcile with Mallory and didn't seem to have uh, taken. We um, get a cover of Where's My Mind playing. I love the, the closed captions say Pixies playing Where's My Mind. I'm just like, that's not the Pixies. I'm sorry. It's just, it yeah. should have been the Weezer cover, right? Like if you're trying to do the mm. 90s thing, maybe that was too expensive too. Yeah. Um, Mallory goes in her room, which is all that atrocious fake wood paneling from the 70s through the 90s. Mm-hmm. Pulls out a box from under her bed. And inside that box, oh shit, it's the snow globe, of course. And she turns it over and it starts snowing. And she's like, hmm. What does it mean that she's been saving this in a special box? The way she kind of shakes it and holds it up as if it's like this like totem of hope or I don't even know what, you know? And it, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm fascinated by this as, as where is my mind is playing in the background, like the kind of hot. I mean, so many of us you know theorize that uh, Mallory's in love with Kate mm-hmm. uh, one of our listeners theorized that Mallory was actually in love with Jeanette this whole time I feel uh, like we kind of brought that up haven't we I don't know maybe not um, but... I, 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 I mean, she can be very controlling but yeah yeah I mean I feel like she's more of like it's like a toxic friend to Jeanette but this this is a I don't know some some you could you can you could read parts of the show and say this is a common trauma response. And I think there are some things that people do that are unique to them and their behaviors. Um, 93, Martin Harris rushes back to his office. Again, he's so tall that he looks bizarre in his suit cut this way. <laughs> also, is this a different color suit now than the, than the, the prank video? Um, when he comes home later in episode nine. Let me, let me rewind. Or is this, is this a tan like, suit that he's wearing in his office? Let me see here. Martin Harris, where are you? Tall, gangly son of a bitch. Uh, it looks like it's the same suit. Mm. Yeah, when I was watching this, it looks like it's it's a different colored suit. But he's, he... he's um, I believe or, or when he's when he's uh, on the video, when he's like coming out of the, the thing, he doesn't have the jacket on. So that might be throwing you off. But it looks like he's wearing gray pants. It looks like he's wearing like more tan suit mm-hmm. now. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's the same tie and everything. It's the same outfit. So he goes to TV VCR where he has set up in his office, puts a tape in, hits play, sees himself running from the sprinkler in front of his house. Clearly someone at the window. Spoiler. That's someone. When he keeps Kate. on like rewinding it, playing it, pausing it. There's somebody in the window that is Kate, obviously. And she's on the video. And so it's the question is, did Mallory see? Yeah. Well, we know where his mind is. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? This fucking video. Like, you don't know what footage you're going to get. So it's like... Why was she? F- I mean, whatever. It's not where I'm supposed to question this, but like, you're just filming Martin Harris walk into his car. Like, you don't know no, the no, sprinklers no, no. are going to catch She has rigged the sprinklers to go off. Has she? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the whole idea. Is that she's getting this prank of him getting splashed by the sprinklers, and that's what she's going to film. That's a little too elaborate and a little too. It's not that elaborate. Low stakes. A little too low stakes. By, by the way, the in in the whole scene where Mallory is holding up the uh, the snow globe there, and like the reaction on her face. It's hard not to read it as guilt, I guess, from me. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, why Why does this snow globe 
hold such an emotional response for her. I mean, it, it's possible that maybe this is just the last time Jeanette tried to be friends with her and it, everything still fell apart, but she held on to this. So maybe that's where these emotions are coming from. But I guess I'm reading it as guilt because I want to see Mallory be the villain. Or a um, villain. Let's just go ahead and say now Mallory's holding on to the, 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 the key piece of evidence. In, in somewhat, maybe, maybe not, you know, there, there may still be other shoes to drop. This is, uh, this is why I think she's going to be the hostile witness. Hmm. All right. Oh, is that the title of episode 10? And yep. And looked, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, so anyway, <laughs> uh, speaking of hostile people, Martin Harris sees on the video that like Kate's in the background. We don't know if Mallory noticed that or not. I assume that like she was like just direct recording the tape and didn't like edit this later. And so he takes the tape out and like smashes it and it's like freaking out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the episode. So proof. There is certainly some proof there. Mm-hmm. We don't know if Mallory saw Kate in the background. We don't know what the snow globe means and what its uh, implications are, but uh, two episodes left after this one. Do we have any uh, questions concerning this episode that we want to get to? Yeah, we got a couple from folks. Uh, Kayla asks, what do you think is in the snow globe? I don't think anything's in the snow globe. I think the snow globe's a symbol. It's uh, it's a time period. Although there might be fingerprints on the snow globe. We'll find out more about the snow globe in the next episode, but, you know, can't answer that yet. Yeah. Uh, she points out Jeanette could have taken her GED and left town. I feel like Jeanette hates herself, but she's also, I mean, you can hate yourself and also want to clear your name and also want to burn everything to the ground. So that doesn't, it doesn't, people can do two contradictory things, you know, at the same time. Um, Jessica points out that uh, it might be weird that Jeanette's wearing the scrunchie, but Mallory definitely makes it weirder. Like, why is she so convinced Jeanette couldn't run into Kate on the first day of school? Like, it's the only school in town. <laughs> They're going to pass by each other. They probably have classes together. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, the thing is, Mallory does not want Jeanette to go talk to Kate. She doesn't want Kate to, like, level jump her. Well, like, why does Mallory hate Kate so much? Is it just because she's the popular girl? Because it could be. I mean, I... Yeah, it's totally plausible. I mean, I don't even know what high school is like these days, but, you know, back in the 90s, there were definitely the popular people. And depending on where you stood in the social status, you might have hated the popular people just because (laughs) it's just like if if you're on the outside, then it's your duty to, like, hate those people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's an inherited hate probably from your your family, socioeconomic status, but also some people you just fucking hate for no reason. (laughs) Um, uh, Jessica has pointed out the the hunting trophies. Jessica also asked, "Why is Mallory lying about keeping the snow globe?" I mean, to me, I feel like I said it presents some pretty obvious solutions there. Um, well, I think um, an easy explanation would be she kept it and she doesn't want to tell Jeanette that because it's a suggestion that Jeanette is still important to her in some way. Like there's yeah. that there's that easy interpretation of it, you know. Uh, we got a couple from from Andrew, which, by the way, Andrew, it's about time you finally started watching Evil. It's a fun show. Um, previously mentioned, uh, you know, Ben just kind of let Kate take care of Jamie when he was like sloppy drunk, even though it was her birthday. And this one, it's like Jamie is very clearly drunk. Um, it seems like similar how Kate's too trusting. Ben is unwilling to see people's flaws. Uh, it's like he doesn't want to take a side. Yeah, I mean, he just goes with the flow. Yeah. I think the the thing here, though, is I don't think 
when he got into the car that he realized that Jamie was as inebriated as he was? Probably not. I mean, he he realized during the car ride, but he didn't really have much time at that point. But I mean, I do think you could kind of read in general, Ben is trying to just be a very kind of affable, go with the flow kind of guy. He doesn't want to take mm-hmm. any sides. He just wants to be friendly and nice type of thing. Well, because it's it's also the embodiment, though, what Jeanette was saying to Vince about, I don't think Ben wants you analyzing him too hard. You know, he wants to fit in. He wants to be the nice guy. That's a, that's a totally normal character type or personality type. But I think he's also, you know, he's holding on to his, this part of his identity that he's not, yeah, I mean, to come out. you know, this was the 90s. Like, kids were generally not out in the 90s. Like, maybe no. maybe in, like, certain, like, very progressive pockets of America, you might have had, uh, like, out teenagers in high school. But for them, like, in a suburban high school, probably not. Especially, like, 93, no. 94, it just wasn't happening. You know, like, they would you come out like, when they went to college. You had, like, yeah, like, it was a time and a place for everything. It was college. Like, you, mm-hmm. you had, like... The character who was out in high school on a TV show mm-hmm. for like one episode. Um, and then we eventually got into like the whole the sweeps thing where it's like Marissa kisses a leave it wild for one episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andrew brings up some great points about Vince and Ben's conversation and just like how you can look at the show's portrayal of like parents and parent, parent and child relationships. A lot of emphasis on like whether parents died, left, been neglectful, too controlling, too much of a pushover, et cetera, and how that's reflected in their kids, which I think is a a really interesting point. Um, it's kind of interesting just to see if we're going to get any more details, if there are any more details to be gotten about uh, Mallory's mom and, and, and Kate's biological dad, RIP. Well, Martin um, Harris's dad committing suicide. Like, yeah, it's possible. I mean, I think there's lots of good theories out there about it. I don't think they're all going to happen maybe, but maybe some yeah. of them may, you know, like we might not get anything of like no secret sister thing with Mallory, but we might get more about like Martin Harris's dad and the, you know, quote unquote suicide. I don't, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, the, there's a, pretty good interview it's very short with blake lee about episode nine and and he seems to imply that he's you know got something to do and and so, i mean there's there's well, we'll talk about episode nine and what's what's the future of martin harris going to episode 10 i mean some of the questions we got this are motherfucker. i'm gonna look him up yeah you should, i'm sure the internet will tell you that mm-hmm. um and then it'll give you some pictures of his feet while, while come on google but, uh, how tall is he mm, but like say. a lot of our questions we got were like theorizing stuff that i think was more Going into season two, which I don't know. Are we going to get a you, season two? What's that's fascinating. Is that I, you know, any other show, I feel like we would have gotten the announcement like five episodes ago. But I mean, like right now, I could list off easily five pitches for season two of this show. Um, okay, it says he's six feet tall, so I don't know. I feel like he's taller. Is, is everyone else just I mean, it's, under five? It's feet? possible that like Kiara Aurelia and, and uh. Olivia Holt or like five two or something, you know, so that makes a big difference. Yeah. Oh, apparently, according to Olivia Holt, Kiara really is like the best prankster on the set. Oh, I better prankster her. than Mallory. Yeah. How could you not be? <laughs> I mean, like one of the pranks is like just getting TP. I don't know. That feels to me. That feels very right for the nineties. It's like not too advanced, you know. It's just real basic. Whatever. Low stakes. Mm-hmm. Low stakes. I mean. uh I know you're you're a dork, Vince, and I love you, but like maybe you're not going to be legends <laughs> after this one. <laughs> Prepare yourself for that. I feel like it would the way it would actually play out would be like the video would play, kids would laugh, people would wonder who did it, and it would like quickly Forget. it would be understood that whoever did that is like getting suspended or maybe expelled, and like they wouldn't say shit, you know, and they'd forget. <laughs> yeah, 
this i mean it'd be something in person like pantsing somebody and like a rally <laughs> that would be remembered yeah i don't think they do that anymore right that's uh you know borderline sexual assault hope not yeah yeah Yeah. but good god the fucking pantsing was out of control Mm -hmm. uh i mean we that's because all our like extremely loose jeans that we were wearing and and both genders were getting pants or pantsing i remember that (laughs) like it was it was a it's a fucking crazy epidemic um (laughs) Why, where, where's the Oprah episode about that? Why are we talking about rainbow parties? We should be talking about pantsing. <laughs> Does anyone ever actually actually have a rainbow party? No, right no, that's, that's it's like not a real thing. It's just, you know. of course, it's not a real thing. <laughs> anyway, um, that's all we got. I believe that is all we got. Yeah. Um, thanks everyone who wrote in questions. We've got a lot that we'll want to get to in episode nine. Also, um, Shout out to, I hope I am pronouncing this right. Is it um, Jessa C? Maybe just Jesse. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, but from Germany. Mm -hmm. Keeping it down, holding it down there in Germany. Thanks for listening. Um, Guten Tag. If you want to support the podcast, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Let me take a quick, or I guess we call it podcast now. Take a quick peek here, see if we have any new reviews. We're still, as far as I can tell, the only Cruel Summer podcast, which is why we are called the Cruel Summer podcast. Uh, up to 97 ratings. Not too shabby. Wow. Uh, let's see here. What What's going on, folks? Like, this is weird. Like, I mean, like, it used to be like a show comes out and it's like the show hasn't even finished airing. I, mean, I don't think, like I don't think the, uh, the Zoomers listen to podcasts as much. That might be part of it. Really? Yeah, they're probably all making like TikTok theories about it. Hmm. So uh, thanks to Hermione Knows Best, Ariel Eloise, uh, Two Townsends, Span Juan, Harrison George, 45, Lone Mitten, Trump Me Baby One More Time. Wow. Okay. Yikes. Uh, Yikes. <laughs> Miss LC86 and MCR Book Bag. Thank you guys all for those lovely five-star reviews. Uh, if you want to do more than rate or review us, you can support the pod by going to mynameistrouble.com and checking out the books that we wrote. My name is Trouble and Trouble Always Finds Me. They're murder mystery books. They're about a girl named Trouble who's a girl detective investigating uh, some mysteries in a small Napa Valley town. We think if you like mysteries, if you like PLL, if you like Cruel Summer, you might enjoy those books. That's how you can support mm-hmm. us because we don't have Patreon or ads or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We'll be back next time to talk about a very upsetting and disturbing episode of this show. A secret of my Which, own. Which, uh, spoiler, that's the one everyone had, like commented upon. I guess, uh, <laughs> shocker, we all have a lot of a lot of feelings, a lot of opinions about this episode. Mm-hmm. Amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> what a surprise. All right. See you all soon. I mean, also, impre- you got to be a little impressed, folks. We are fucking churning this shit out. We're I don't think away. we. Thought- oh, real quick, just just note. I'm I'm almost reluctant to say this, but um, screeners are out there right now. I don't think spoilers are going to leak, but just be careful. Some screeners are out. Some you know TV people have seen the finale. So mm-hmm. I, if I were you, I would just stay off Reddit. I would just wait a couple days and then watch the episode. Also, folks, we're the only we're the only cruel summer podcast. I mean. That kill them to give us a screener. Yeah, to, to be clear, we do not have those screeners. Yeah, they're, they're, we're not that important. Apparently, I, I, I feel like we're, uh, we're we're cheerleading this show. Come on, Come on. <laughs> but yeah, they're out there. So uh, yeah, be careful. Yeah.
All right. See you next time. Bye-bye.